I would like to uh, share with you tonight, explore with you, is a practice which uh, might be helpful for times of intensity, for times of reactivity. There's a lot of practices like that in the Tibetan tradition, in the Tibetan toolbox. Moments when the sense of identification with the content of your experience, the sense that the drama is real, when there's a strong sense of struggle, uh, which comes with a strong sense of me, um, then sometimes the practices of self-inquiry, of uh, shifting your sense of identity from the content to that which is aware, it seems to be very far away and not possible. If someone suggests something like this for you in a moment of strong reactivity, that might be dangerous (laughs) for that person. So there is uh, there is uh, the necessary uh, a necessary step uh, often for us you know, to kind of uh, create space so that we can uh, do the practices of self inquiry and looking through. And one of the practices uh, I found helpful, very helpful, is. Uh, the practice of it's called compassionate abiding it's a practice of Pema Shodron coming from a teacher Trungpa Rinpoche and it has four steps so and I will send you uh, the the practice so you can read about it and uh, get some background where it fits in the Tibetan tradition so and then um, After our first sitting, I will explain a bit about it. And then after the break, I will invite you to go back to an experience of reactivity. I guess we don't need to go far. (laughs) (coughs) Maybe today, yesterday. And then we will just uh, play, uh, play this, uh, play with this practice, and see if there's something uh, helpful. If you can feel the potential, I would like to uh, read a quote uh, from uh, Pema Shodron, kind of to give you some background or some. inspiration uh, for this kind of practices. So this kind of practice belongs to a a whole tradition within Tibetan Buddhism and it's called Lojong, that tradition. Lojong means uh, changing your attitude, attitude training. And it's a whole body of texts and a whole body of practices. And the, the the basic uh, a- approach in the Lojong teaching is to use 
the struggles, to lose the challenges, to lose what we would call problems, not as hindrances, not to see them as hindrances, but actually to see them as our path. So in this, of course, would make an amazing shift in our life to actually see it's, it's like a real shift from oh, the problems are something I need to get rid of because they prevent me to be spiritual, to be loving, to be compassionate, to be free from uh, seeing them actually as stepping stones. Almost like looking forward to, to those kind of experiences. Like uh, Namayesha saying, we can learn to love our problems like ice cream. <laughs> it's an advanced uh, practitioner. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's something from me, something very joyful in in feeling that potential that that is actually possible that, for example, in our relationships, because most of our problems are happening in relationship, usually we would think our relationships are in our life to make us happy. But maybe that's not the case. And that's all, not happening anyway. So, <laughs> so if we now see, wow, I'm actually, I, I'm, I marry this person, or... I give birth to this child not, not for, uh, not not for these people to make me happy, but actually to be uh, part of my awakening, part of my growing into the person I I I could be, to increase my my capacity to to love. Uh, Um, so she she writes a bit about this uh, this attitude within the Lojong teachings. So Bodhisattva's practice in the middle of the fire. So Bodhisattva's that's a Sanskrit word, and uh, it's describing a person who has made awakening the center of his or her life. So it's shifting, what, shifting the sense of what your life is about from career, from reputation, from health, from money, from possession, from success in any kind of, you know, any kind of success uh, to put into the center of your life awakening, whatever, whatever we understand, but flowering uh, to, to become authentic to, to be authentic uh, in who you are and to bring forth your gifts so bodhi, bodhi means awakening and sattva is being so it is uh, the, a person who has a woman, a man who has that at the core, that, that's the main concern, that's the direction. 
So bodhisattvas practice in the middle of the fire. This means that they enter into the suffering of the world. So that means that they enter into the suffering of the world. So that that is the that that inspiration that awakening is not is not something personal. It's part of your contribution to the healing of the world. It's part of uh, bringing peace into the world. So it's very different that that move uh, moves. So that's that's the that's kind of the main difference between the what is called the Hinayana and the Mayana within Buddhism. The Hinayana is like uh, get me get get me out of here. It's too much. Uh, self-liberation. I, I want Nibbana. And, and Nibbana is definitely not this. Uh, so the Bodhisattva is uh, moving towards. The Bodhisattva has taken this vow to uh, to be there where pain and suffering is never giving up. As it says in the Bodhisattva commitment, as space remains, as long as space remains, as long there's suffering living beings, I will remain too in the world to ease the pain. It also means they stay steady with the fire of their own painful emotions. They stay steady with the fire of their own painful emotions. And uh, the practice we are going to explore tonight is exactly a practice like that. So how to stay with the fire of our own painful emotions. Knowing that that they are going to continue. It's kind of also getting, letting go of this uh, childish wish we could be free of painful emotions. They neither act them out nor repress them. And that's really that's the that's part of what what you can call the middle way neither repressing nor acting out yeah so repressing i guess we all have our methods and techniques to to repress to numb to uh to uh, to uh, trying to escape try try trying not to look Try to look away, to deny, to uh, to swallow, to to push it down. So that's the repressing, repressing, and acting out is to get lost in it. To and then sometimes when if it's anger or jealousy or any kind of other reactivity, then uh, to you know to spit it out. 
So that is uh, the practice of compassionate abiding. That's exactly this practice, finding that middle space, neither suppressing nor getting overwhelmed, getting carried away and acting maybe in, in harmful ways. They are willing to stay on the dot. Yeah, to stay, stay. That's what we we cultivated meditation. Meditation, the meditation posture itself is a, a kind of an a, an expression of that commitment. I'm staying. I, I read this uh, definition of meditation. I don't remember what it was just a few days ago saying, Aya Achan Shah, he says, meditation is like putting a chair in the room and sitting down and just open to everyone who comes in. A gracious host. Even if the, the guests vomit onto the carpet. So, so the practice of compassionate abiding is exactly that how, how to stay on the dot because of course we don't want to be there that's exactly the point where we don't want to want to be so how, how, to, how, how, to, how to how to stay how to touch how to breathe into how to, how to be there for, for, your, for your feelings So they, they are willing to stay on the dot. For that, of course, you need to have some passion for that, some understanding that it makes sense to stay on the dot. So I, try to, I will try to convince you that it is worth to stay in the fire. and explore in emotions ungraspable qualities and fluid energies. In emotions ungraspable qualities and fluid energies. So that's a, when you go deeper into that practice. So then you start to look into the reality of the emotion. And then and to let that experience link them to the pain and courage of others. And to let that experience link them to the pain and courage of others. So that's that, that move from that, that move from um, a me and my problem to you know open using that as a bridge to uh, feel connected, see the connection with everyone. So making, making that move that you're doing this practice not only for yourself, but for everyone. So let's uh, take some time to settle and well, sometimes just the practice of uh, bringing your awareness a bit more into your inner life, into your body, 
and then allowing. So just that simple practice can can do can do a lot, can make a big difference, without any further complication, without going into selflessness and nature of awareness. So just this uh, this yes. So just this yes. Like you take a breath and you bring your attention into your body, like down into your feet and the whole body. And then with the out breath, it's like the just yes. So this shift from the doing, controlling, fixing to openness, surrender, and returning to the belly or the hands or the breath. The out breath there can be a sense of letting go, letting go of the control freak, letting go of the meditator. Most important ingredient here is Maitri, loving kindness, friendliness. <coughs> welcoming. Like welcoming a friend. that you emphasize a story without making a problem out of that. You let the bubble burst or you close the book and you drop back into the belly, the hands, the breath. And then possibly the stillness or the silence which arises when we sit quietly together.
using the image of Ajahn Chah, meditation like putting a chair in the middle of the room and sitting down and allowing sensations and sounds, feelings and thoughts, softening and opening, just being present, being aware in an effortless way, like the sky. Maybe right now it feels good for you to stay a bit <coughs> grounded and focused, resting in your home base. Or there is a sense of just <coughs> wanting to open like the sky without particular focusing on anything.
could you allow yourself to find a place of rest in the midst of your experience, just as it is? There's uh, discomfort arising. What we explore here is if you if you just stay there, softening a bit, breathing into. Restlessness or discomfort or tiredness, that stillness is also there. Silence is also there.
And then if you notice that you try to get rid of something or you try to gain something, see if you with the out-breath you can let go of that a bit. Kind of losing, losing the grip, loosening up the grip of needing to feel good.
foreground of your awareness right now there's always this possibility to, you know, to open a bit, to soften a bit. Maybe by saying yes quietly to yourself or it's okay. Relax, it's good enough. the same words as uh, Pema Shrutran. Sometimes I, when I've taught it before, I have been changing it a little bit, but uh, so that you can more easily recognize it in the text, I just uh, use the same structure as her, and uh, she's describing it in four steps, which are localize, embrace, stop, and remain. So that's uh, kind of the sequence. And uh, so the first step, now maybe we need to say something before, before these steps. And that is, uh, yeah, the first kind of the first move is um, the recognition that reactivity is happening. And the Tibetan word for a moment of reactivity is shampa, which sometimes it's translated as attachment, but it's not really, uh, it's not really 
giving us the, the depths of the, this word, what Shempa is referring to. So sometimes it's helpful to use, to keep a word like this, because then we don't know what it means, and we can fill it with meaning. So, recognizing Shempa. Pema Shudrin uses a translation for Shempa, which is to be hooked. So it's like this image of a bait. So a bait is thrown, and that could be a word is being said to you, uh, something internally or externally happens, and you will get like, you, you, you get hooked. You, ta- you take the bait. And there's two kinds of baits. The first one is, I don't like this. It shouldn't happen. I don't want this. It's not going my way. The world is not obeying. The person is not obeying. I don't I don't get what I want. That's the first kind of bait. And the second kind of bait is, I really like this. I want this. I want more of it. And I'm already afraid that I'm going to lose it. So that's uh, the two kinds of baits. And life is continue, continue to throw these baits at you. And, you, and we go like this. So, recog- recognizing, and it is, uh, you know, to recognize Shampa, to, be, to, to become curious about Shampa, is a, is a big thing, of course. That's a big step as a human being, to kind of go meta, not just being reactive and feeling I have the right to act out and not even being aware that what is happening uh, but to have that you know that that space sometimes of course you know, we, there will be always uh, enough buttons and baits uh, where we will just get hooked yeah but to to have that recognition that that is uh, uh, that is quite uh, quite amazing you you start to you start to become free. Otherwise, we are like dogs. There's a good smell, and off we go. There's a bad smell, and we snap. So that's Champa. And uh, we start to recognize Champa in us. It's, uh, it's, you know, it has to do with recognizing Champa happens a lot in the body. That's where you notice the, the, the reactivity. In your storylines, of course. So if you're at that moment kind of are able to take a pause and maybe you say, oh, shampoo. And then comes this for this the sequence of the compassionate abiding, and the first is localize. And here localize is 
localize it in your body. So the question which you follow in this move is, where do I feel this in the body? Where is this in my body? So it's a practice of shifting from the stories, the interpretation, the blah, into the the what Gendlin, the, the founder of focusing, calls the calls the felt sense, the felt sense of that reactivity in your body. And the felt sense it's a good word because you know if you say sensations it's a bit more than sensations. It's like a, it's a field of energy. Of course, it is sensations, but uh, it's, uh, it can be quite localized, it can be diffused, it can be rather vague, it can be in a certain place in your body, it can be in a few places in your body. Yeah. So, where is it in your body? That's the first move. I think one of the really self-empowering questions, self-empowering moves from the head into the body. The second is embrace. So embrace, allow, befriend, take care, and there's, you know, we will, we will, uh, uh, we are going to use the breath. So breathing into the experience, and with the out breath giving space. So with the in breath attending, touching, holding. With the out breath giving space. So in both, with the in and out breath, you stay in contact. So it's not breathing it out. It's staying in contact, dancing, dancing with the with the felt sense, dancing with the sensations. Titnatan uses the image of uh, holding a child, taking care of a child. So it has this tenderness, this care, the loving gaze, and that is uh, you know we have explored this a bit when we explored self-compassion, the practices of self-compassion. Like just, just finding your own images, your own gestures, your own words to introduce a sense of kindness and friendliness. And if that is not possible, then stay with being aware. So you don't, then you don't try to you know, force some kindness into this. Just, just trust the power of awareness itself. Just being aware. Just looking. Just holding it. Even if you don't like it. Even if you think, ah, I want to get rid of this as quickly as possible. Don't tell me that I should embrace this. So, But then just being aware, just noticing. So that's the second step. The third step she called stop. And that refers to the practice of letting go of the thoughts, letting go of the storyline. 
So of course you will go back to the storyline because that's what we do. We like if we are upset, then you know the storyline feeds the sensations, and the sensations feed the storyline. So in this practice, we as best as we can, we cut through that, and sometimes that is only possible for short moments. Yeah? So then we go so a short moment where you are touching again the pain, the discomfort, and then off you go. And then you notice that, and then you return. You notice that, and then you return. You stay. Well, that's the basic capacity we cultivate in meditation, to be aware that you get carried away from the object of meditation, and then you return. And here, what do you return to is actually something you don't want to return to. So that's a bit, that's the challenge in this practice, because we don't want to touch that. We kind of hope that healing can be found, transformation can be found by ignoring or by not looking at it or by finding some sedative, like a pill or getting drunk. So this is not an easy practice yeah, to, so to, to return to that which is painful, to take care of that which is painful. So return. And one of the, one of the ways we return, uh, we, we try to escape from our experience is to the stories. So it is an escape. So instead of actually being there and taking care of the hurt, we think about it, or we complain, or we try to find explanation. It's very strong, this uh, instinct in us to go, because we don't want to be there. When we, when we are there, we actually start to discover it hurts, it's, it's really difficult, there's discomfort, but it's, it's not that bad, it's not killing me. So that's uh, the, uh, the stop, what she calls stop, is maybe not such a good word, I, I have been using letting go, it's like a bit more gentle, like, so letting go of the thoughts, just okay, they come and then you return. And they come and you return. And the last, uh, the fourth step is uh, remain. Uh, so that is doing this, to continue to do this. So you remain, you return. You go off, you return. So you dance with that energy. As long as your common sense says it's so there's no rules there yeah so we are not talking here about a, a practice of endurance so of course there needs to be time in, uh, you know times where we you know, do other things and you know bring our mind into other areas of the body or you know, move the body and do some exercises, you know, go swimming. So, you know, this is not a practice of, 
yeah, I, I just return and return and return, and secretly I hope it will go away through this. <laughs> because it might not. It, it will take its time. It will go, it will transform, but you don't know when. You don't know how many years, how many months, how many days you will have to go through and experience this pain, this trauma, this loss, this... Uh, so, if we start uh, this practice with this hope, oh, this is just another trick to get rid of something, um, then then we already started with a wrong uh, premise. Then we will probably be disappointed. So this remain is uh, so you take you take the time so and and you get a sense of what is what is healthy what is good how much time uh, does my grief for example you know how much time do do I need to give grief space and and, and, and it needs the space yeah so it's but that does not mean that. We train ourselves in endure, endurance, and uh, so we do it in our practice, uh, as part of our practice. We do it in in moments of intensity. Yeah, of course, the best at one point would be that you familiarize yourself with this way of being with intensity that it is happening right there on the spot, right there when you get the email, right there when something in your family happens. Yeah? Uh, in the beginning it might be more a practice of preparing yourself for intensity and working through intensity after. Yeah? But then slowly, slowly that kind of oh, where is this in my body, this contact, being embodied and feeling the support and the space of the body will become a natural way of being. Whenever something happens, whenever someone says something, whenever and whenever you come into a difficult hot spot in a relationship, in a com in in a communication, in a team sitting, in a uh, whatever, where is this in my body? So these are the four steps, and and then from there, so the remaining then gives us the ground for going into exploring impermanence, exploring selflessness, and then finally the possibility of the question, the, the question who or what is aware of this reactivity. Yeah. So then comes the, the practice of looking into who is it actually you feels hurt? Yeah, so that you are hurt is based on this strong belief that there is someone who could be hurt. Yeah, so the remaining and the dancing with and observing the change, uh, looking close, looking close, closely, vipassana, inside. Yeah, looking closely, that then gives the 
opportunity for shifting into the experience of selflessness and the experience of I'm not the reactivity, I'm not the felt sense, I'm not the stories, I'm also that which is aware. I'm bigger than this. Okay, so let's uh, have a break and then I will uh, guide you through the practice and then uh, we can discuss a bit or share uh, if you have some questions about this. So let's have a 10 minutes break. So let's uh, do a little experiment with this. Uh, localize, embrace, stop and remain. Of course these uh, four aspects they, uh, they are not necessary in that fixed sequence but they it's more a dance with them. So let's um, take a few moments to just reconnect sitting quietly and uh, checking up how you are just now after the break how it is for you to be here to the top of your head. And then when you emphasize a story, you drop back.
to bring your mind to a recent situation of reactivity, a recent situation of intensity, and you picture that situation, the people involved, and you remember your feelings. And there might be, of course, also resistance to do that, and that's fine. So this is an invitation to play with this. So the first step is to localize, and here then the question is, where do you feel this in your body, this situation, where sits it, where is it sitting in your body? And this can be a particular part of your body, it can be more diffuse. Just allow your mind to explore. Just follow that question. Where is this in my body? is the area being covered by the felt sense of this situation. And what is the qualities of those sensations? switch a bit back and forth from the story, the images, and then again, where is this in my body? Maybe you can hold both. So the second uh, step, the embrace, is with the in-breath, you hold, you touch, you attend, you breathe into, like bathing the felt sense of the situation. With the breath, with the in-breath, and with the out-breath, you give space. This is how it feels. And at the same time, there's the third step of stop, of letting go of the thoughts. So if you then notice that you get hooked again into the story, as best as you can, maybe they stay a bit in the background, but as best as you can, with a curious mind, you drop back into the body.
with the in-breath touching and holding, attending. And with the out-breath you give space. And then if you have a, have a story, you notice that and as best as you can, you let the bubble burst, you let the balloon fly of the story, fly away into the sky, and you drop back into the felt sense with the breath. And then the fourth aspect, the remaining, we'll continue in this dance and noticing is there any change? What sensations do they change? Should you stay there dancing? Touching with the in-breath, giving space with the out-breath. Letting the story fly away like a balloon, or let let the story burst like a soap bubble. And staying with the bare sensations. Can you just stay with the bare sensations for a moment? Even without the words. Just with the energy. Sensations are there, an expression of chi, of prana, of life's energy in a certain form. So they are not poisoning or dangerous, they are not killing you. They might be still unpleasant, but even if you drop the word unpleasant, what is then?
people around you, the room and beyond. Breathing together. struggle, we all struggle, and by touching gently, holding gently that which is usually rejected, we all receive and give healing.
is the four steps of compassionate abiding. Acknowledging the Shampa and then connecting with the body, localize it in the body, embrace, breathe into the out breath giving space, letting go of thoughts, and doing that dance for a while. or surprises. Struggles with this uh, practice. Yes. The embrace part is mm. not like uh, embracing the body sensations and the story and then you just stop let go of the story and sit only with the body right. mm. it's referring to the sensations embracing the yeah. sensations also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. embracing the, the discomfort, the pain that, that's the so it's, a, it's really it's not a it's a body oriented practice of working with reactivity, not a no. not a cognitive. The story yeah. is just what starts the possibility to use the process. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, it's probably interesting to observe what's there first and how are they connected. Yeah, because sometimes it seems like that the most 
obvious seems to be that something happens in your body and sometimes you need to have some story going on but then you can observe how these two are working they are connected but here we are really doing something which which is a bit unknown for many of us because we are so used to try to find solution on the cognitive level like you know through thinking differently or finding explanation or arguing with it uh, and some of these techniques they have value uh, but here it's really uh, exploring oh I can work with this actually without finding any solutions here How did it go for you? Well, dancing with it, like mm -hmm. where we came back, back to body, and then yeah. question how to use the technique. But I somehow thought it was more about body. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But before when we talked, you said this to stay on the on the dot. Is that mm. this what we're doing now? Like practicing yeah. to yeah. the dot is like being with the yeah. body yeah. part of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, that's the stay. Yeah. So the dot is not like. Uh, The cons concentration is it's it's really more it's a it's a fluid practice. That's that's I, I like the word dancing because then it brings this. It's not like concentration, but it's um, more more soft and more open and flexible, like con than concentration. Yeah, that's the dot. That's the spot. That's the hot seat. Yeah. And the practice of staying. Can I have one more? Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, you work with like this Buddhist based uh, psychotherapy as well. Mm. Some time ago, I was like sitting with this very intense story that gave extremely uncomfortable body sensations and stuff. And in a situation where I was gonna be like hosting a big group and holding space for a lot of other people and stuff and mm. uh, yeah it was not very nice timing because I was like okay I can contain this if I can only sit with myself yeah. and focus on, on this process yeah. Yeah. but uh, it, it didn't work out so what, what happened your, after a little while I had to say to the group that I'm like in some sort of panic attack and uh -huh. I have to go and take care of myself now so I have okay. to leave you, I'm really sorry <laughs> it was like I was going to talk about these kind of things with people but the thing I was in was so intense that I, I couldn't, uh -huh. I mean and they could see it in my face and I couldn't be yeah. you know, I couldn't be there for them yeah. because the process was so intense and yeah, yeah. Of course, that is like I don't ever want that to happen again, Shempa. But <laughs> but what what could I know that? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. How could I deal with that so mm. much on the spot that I could be there when I wanted to be there? Yeah. Good, of course. I don't wow. know. <laughs> Are you afraid now that it's going to happen again? Mm. A little bit, but yeah. I was also afraid before that it was going to happen because yeah. I had this process building up over time, and I know this. Yeah. retreat was coming and stuff and maybe mm. I scared myself before yeah know. yeah that's the fear of the fear yeah. yeah how long is that ago um, like two weeks ago ah okay it's rather fresh mm. Mm. yes yeah, yeah. Fresh things right <laughs> yeah and could you return to the course or uh, no it was a bit away so I left but uh, 
it, it looked like it was okay, but yeah. I just said to them, I, I want to go and yeah. deal with these feelings and yes. not sit and talk to you yeah. about dealing with your feelings, you know, because right. <laughs> that's not where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and but, it was well received, it was okay. But, I think uh, probably you gave a good lesson there. I a good so. teaching of, of yeah, of, yeah of taking care of yourself and also yeah. of being a human being yes. yeah because yeah. as soon as I withdrew from the group and didn't place myself as some sort of space holder mm. it was okay to sit with all this and just do yeah. this work yeah. Yeah. trying to hold the space for others at the same time yeah. Was, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. was there someone else then? yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure take over yeah. The that's and, great yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what I want you to say yeah. about it, but just yeah. if you had some uh, hands-on practical thing when it's like really burning in some sensation when you have yeah. to be there, but maybe we yeah. never have to. I don't know. Yeah. That's also just an idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is really a very important exploration for you as a teacher, uh, or you know, uh, those of you who lead groups or I mean even even teachers in school I mean they go they go to class and they just are in a divorce yeah, yeah. so it's like uh, uh, but it could be that uh, the pressure as a meditation teacher is a bit higher because you you know you have you might have that self image of needing to be the you know needing to be evolved and some sort of example yeah, yeah. what does it be but yes, yeah, also yeah. knowing but that actually, I haven't projected myself as such but still yeah, yes, yes of course yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th that is uh, yeah uh, so my uh, my uh, I think it's a it's a matter of um Continuing to increase your capacity to be with intensity outside, uh, like in your normal life. So that is something you then will bring into this situation. And for me, what I um, what I uh, tell myself, or what like what what my attitude is, is that uh, I bring myself along with everything. So <coughs> I, I don't feel I need to uh, kind of get into a space before I teach. I just, I feel what I want to share is being human. And, and that, and that uh, took, uh, that takes a lot of pressure away. That does not necessarily mean that I'm sitting here and I'm sharing, I just had this argument with my wife or something like that. But it is here. I, I bring it with me. Yeah. So this is uh, this was this is very helpful to, to, to say I just bring everything along. And and, and then and then I if it's really bad, <laughs> and I had it, I had once this experience you had that I had to, I had to leave, uh, and then for a few years I had fear that it will, <laughs> it will happen again, but uh, it didn't. Yeah, but but I I I, I can really 
sympathize with you there. It's very it's, nice to share. It, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, um, what am I? So I bring myself along, and then uh, my experience is that less puffed up am I actually I am, and more I'm in contact with the mess of my life, kind of more real is what I share. Because I, 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 I meet you. Yeah, I meet where you are. So, so that helps also to know. Uh, actually, being in a crisis does not necessarily undermine my capacity to share. Maybe I'm even more helpful to others in a crisis. And. Um, and ah, so, and then the the good thing is I can always kind of guide a practice or talk about something, and I'm actually talking to myself. I'm guiding myself, and and that's then sometimes I feel that's then the meditations or the talks where I can reach out to some people who are in a similar situation. Yeah. Basically, I had the same approach, but then yeah. something in me was insisting on feeling like a fake because I didn't succeed in getting it away. Yeah. So yeah. I had the same approach. Yes. Of wanting to be fully, <clears throat> yeah. it was like, but uh, how can I tell them how to do when it's not working for me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel I feel a fake very often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there again, it is interesting to explore the self-image you 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 want to you would like to have about yourself, and it's the self-image you want to sell to others because that creates also more pressure, and you want to live up to something. And of course, the practices we share and you share with people, they don't work like that. They are not like uh, quick fixes of... And some of the pain we have and some of the fears we have, we are going to dance with them for the rest of our life. They are not going to go away. And there's more, actually. This is uh, so. This is really a journey of maturing as someone sharing. So, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Yes. <coughs> well, I find it <coughs> very difficult. That it's okay to, um, yeah, to have difficult feelings or to embrace them, but. I'm thinking that I am doing it wrong, or it's because mm. then when I'm embracing it, it takes all the focus away from what I think I should be doing. Uh huh. So, no. so yeah. I don't then I don't get it because then I'm just all in the head yeah. and all in the story of yeah. of that you, wasn't you are, supposed to be. Or no, so, so you are all in the story. In which story? And the story of I'm not doing it good or. Yeah, for example, yeah. Mm-hmm. or that 
so I'm trying to embrace a bad feeling and that's that's okay. I have this and release it. I try to focus. Yeah, and you find it? Yeah, mm -hmm. but then because I'm focusing on the bad feeling, I get like returning to the story or mm -hmm. and then I'm just analyzing and yeah. it's all going around again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then that yeah. is not supposed to be the... Yeah, that's why it is a practice. If, if you if you could do it, then then you would, then you wouldn't need to do the practice. Yeah. So part of the practice is exactly that that you realize, wow, it's so difficult. The story is so sticky. I can't let go of it. But ah, for a moment, just for a moment, and then you. Yeah. So, what you're describing is the practice. You're not doing it wrong. You're practicing. Yeah, but, um, but in that, it's, it's still, it's all about me and all those silly things that happened or didn't happen. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then, the, and then it you never are, comes to that I can embrace other people's feelings or bad things. It's uh, just all those small, stupid uh, stories. Uh, so now this, pra this practice is about initially forget others. So uh, the, this practice is about asking, oh, how does this feel in my body? And you just return. So then if you get, like, you get into blah, 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 like, let's say you, 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 you think, ah, I'm not doing it right, it's not working, then you again can ask, oh, how does that feel in the body? That, that story. And then there's a new story, yeah. So then you ask, oh, how does that feel in the body? So you just return. And uh, if you do that as a training, like let's say you would do this for half a year every day for 10, 15 minutes, uh, you're going to notice that it will be easier and easier for you to stay in touch with the sensations in your body. It's like a, it's a training. It's not this thing. being silly because I could also think what I'm doing. Yeah, this is uh, it's completely uh, crazy. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, this yeah, stupid idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. It's this stupid. It's it's yeah. really yeah. You can't it's a stupid do it at all. No, no. So then you could also do. You could say, okay, how does this feel in my body? This uh, this is stupid, and I don't want to do it. I never will do a course like this again. No, <laughs> that's more a, that, that, then, then, what do you think? You're not, this isn't the right way. Yeah, this you is not the right way. You just think that you can come here. Yeah, and yes, you're yes. so bad at it. Yeah, you're so bad at it. Yeah. So that's also a story. So now the question could be, oh, how does this feel in my body? And you think that could actually help doing it even when I'm yeah. so bad at it. Yeah, that's the practice. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the practice. Yeah. And then, um, you know, if there's uh, this doubt of oh, it's useless, I can't do it, um, then there's also time for looking at that, like you do now. So now yeah. you ask, and so now we are on a different level. Yeah. So now we uh, now 
I could now insist uh, and ask, oh, how does this feel in your body? I'm not doing it, but we are analyzing what's happening. So we are on a different, yeah, in a different mode now. And then like your doubts, for example, mm-hmm. uh, of how is this useful? Um, that's also some something one can talk about, like so that you get maybe some more information of the value. Why are we doing this? What's the purpose of it? Why would we uh, emphasize the body? Yeah. So that's something that's something you can also uh, explore and look into on that yeah, level. I feel kind of like you misunderstand because I don't have yeah. doubts whether this is working or not. Okay. I just yeah. have the silly idea that maybe because I'm so silly uh, okay. out of it that yes. it, yeah. you, it's, it will okay. work for everyone else in the world, but, but uh, okay. I see yeah, that. I see, I see, I understand. I'm so yeah. bad at it that yes. I'm just, there's so special case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, yes, I see. So, so, uh, so yeah. what what, uh, what is happening is that you come in contact with one of your core problems or one of your core challenges and that's the feeling I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like surfacing. Yeah. And and uh, there's you know different ways to work with this. But here in the practice the way we work with that is how does this feel in my body? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling I can't do this I'm feeling I'm failing I'm feeling I'm not good enough so how does that feel in my body the side effect one of the side effects of this practice is that you that it it helps you to kind of cut through the story or have have little breaks of the story and recognizing the story as a story the story of I'm not good enough will continue for a long time but it makes such a big difference if you start to not believe it anymore because you recognize it as a story yeah it's just I see that it's just difficult not getting letting yourself go with the story yes but I, I guess That's the right. is all the time just asking again and again how yeah. This yeah yes Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's there. It's where where we start. We explore this in our meditation practice. But I just yeah. mean it's, it's it's maybe only you can count to ten and then you are gone. Yes. You have to exactly. Okay. Um, exactly. And that's five what, seconds, and you have to. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Can yeah, this is. Yeah, this is this is this is how it is for everyone. <laughs> Really? Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I tell you a secret. And I tell you a secret. It's it's the same for me. getting better at it you are more at ease with what is happening so of course I can't compare I don't know what's what's happening there 
I know pretty much what's happening here, and it sounds a bit like what you say. <laughs> but what the, what the difference is right now, and it will happen for you also, I'm completely at ease with it. Okay. That's it. That's what is happening. I'm at peace with it. I let it run. And then, like uh, training a puppy, I <laughs> oh yeah, sit down. And the whole thing is completely friendly. There's no oh shit, oh bomb bomb. And I meditate in thirty years, and the puppy runs, still runs. <laughs> no, there's nothing like this. It's just like oh, come, sit, whoop, <laughs> and the whole thing is. Uh, non-violent and peaceful. In the beginning, when you start to meditate, when the puppy runs, it's like, stay, and you know, trying to, and uh, being angry and frustrated, and, uh, and then 10 years later, the puppy still runs, <laughs> but you're just, okay. Yeah, and then of course you have also sometimes then meditation where the puppy is kind of falling asleep or <laughs> stays. Or that could also happen, uh, and it happens. But then of course, if you come in a period into your life where there's more reactivity and more things happening, then the puppy will also run more, yeah? and that's also okay. Yes. I think for me, it's, I can understand the part where you something happens that triggers something inside where you get strong emotions, mm -hmm. and sometimes maybe you cannot, you still react, but like when you were sitting, then at least you can see how ah, I reacted, but mm -hmm. you can understand this thing in the body, like how oh I can go back ah this is how I felt. Mm -hmm. And then again, you can say, "Ah, now I feel this way, so maybe you can slow down a bit." Yeah. But this is when something happens from the outside, mm -hmm. and then I try to do this. I think I have some kind of compulsive thoughts mm -hmm. that come inside my head mm -hmm. that are not triggered by anything from mm -hmm. the outside. Like it's something that happened a long time ago, yeah. and these thoughts come again and again mm -hmm. and again. Mm. And these thoughts feel so much in my head. Mm. I have a very hard time to understand how these thoughts mm. are in my body because they just feel like that my head yeah. is filling yeah. up my head. And then the only thing I can do is like to, I want them to go away. So I, I say, I don't want to think about this and you think about something else. Mm -hmm. So I, I have mm. a hard time. How do you stay with these thoughts? Because actually you supposed to stop the storyline but it's the thoughts that are yeah the problem yeah um, uh, yes it is a valid uh, method of uh, taking attention away and putting it somewhere else so it's not it's not bad what you're doing so mm -hmm. it's a valid meditation method uh, 
but still, it could be interesting for for a while uh, to uh, ask that question and just listen and just feel. Because a thought, you know, a thought is always connected with some kind of energy. So, if the, these thoughts uh, wouldn't feel somehow you wouldn't you wouldn't be bothered by them you wouldn't worry about them these thoughts you know you want to work with them or you want to let go of them because it feels unpleasant or mm -hmm. it feels they they make you suffer or something is there is a bad taste there or you know something if it would be just thoughts like disembodied thoughts then they would be like, I mean, what are thoughts? They are nothing. They don't feel. They, they are, they are less. They they are like air. Do you, do do we communicate or yeah? So, it, it, I I know the experience sometimes feels it's just in the head. Mm. Yeah, it's just in the head. But then you could maybe explore the sensations in the head. So it, this is also the body. Mm. It feels so big. <laughs> <laughs> the thoughts. The st yeah, the thoughts then feel so like big. Yes, the head feels like the most part of my body. Ah, okay, yeah. Like this part is just little and then this big. Ah, thing. okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then, then you could explore the sensations there. Mm. But also, I would also uh, uh, be curious about... Uh, maybe there's actually more, co more connection with the body, with the rest of the body that initially you th you feel. So it's like whenever they come, just really again, like you said before, just try to say, yeah. how is it in the Yeah, body? yeah. Uh, just experiment with it. I mean, if you just do it uh, for five minutes, yeah, and, and maybe you can discover something there. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it could be this is just, uh, you know, some. Uh, it could be that uh, one reason for you going so much into the head is because you don't want to feel it here. Mm. Yeah, could be. Because it's like then you just focus on the storyline. Yeah, story and, the story. and and it, it and uh, focusing and being lost in the storyline is one of the ways to escape mm. how it feels. Yeah. yeah, it's like a bit like a drug. Mm. Yeah. It could be. It could have been, and it it could have been a a, a kind of survival strategy of you as a as a girl. Yeah, because it was so unpleasant to be in that situation, so life-threatening, that your way to survive and your way to work with that situation, which was a good thing back then, was to go into the head, to go into the story and to feel you're just ahead. Yeah. And so the, this, this question can help you to uh, reconnect. And yeah... Of course, all these methods, they are not, you know, I think it, it's just like, 
playing with it, experimenting and being curious. Okay. Yes. Um, I just want to share when you you two talked together, you said this feeling about not being good enough. Yeah. And just when you mentioned that in relation to you, I got this feeling like I was thinking this thought, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And then I kind of recognized uh, a sensation in my body that I didn't really uh, know before that it was connected with with this exact thought, mm-hmm. but I know the sensation in my body. So yeah. it, it was kind of the other way around. Yes. Yeah. That like seeing a color and suddenly I know the name of the color, yeah. but I knew the color. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. quite interesting. Yes. And it's very helpful mm-hmm. uh, for you to to know, to recognize and to have a name mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's 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 so helpful. Uh, it's a helpful part of working with <coughs> the feeling of unworthiness and the inner judge and so on to get to know how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. And next time is our last time for this. Uh, I'm sure some of you I will see again some somewhere. Um, I will start another round end of August, so there's still space. You're, you're very welcome to join. And yeah, I will send you this, and I will post the recording, so you can listen to it again. Have a nice evening. Thank you.